Okay, hi everybody or anybody that's listening. Um, welcome to the Rambles and Shambles podcast with your host, me, Grace Cockrell. Um, today is a special episode simply because we're gonna get serious and we're gonna make you uncomfortable because it's time for you to be uncomfortable. And if you're not uncomfortable, you need to reevaluate yourself because there's some issues going on. Um, yeah, everybody should not be comfortable during this time. So if you're staying in your comfort zone, get out of it. Anyway, we're going to have some conversations that everybody in the entire world needs to know about. Um, so today, our topic is all about Black Lives Matter on social media and experiences with racism throughout like school or just subtle like microaggressions um, and basically the story of one of my best friends. Um, today I have Rolanza Stitz in the studio. Ro, do you want to talk and introduce yourself? Hi. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to be on your show and I'm so proud of you and what you are doing. Shut up. So I'm no seriously. I'm really proud of you and what you are doing and, like, shedding the light on, like, important topics that a lot of people are uncomfortable to talk to talk about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just glad to be here. But, yeah, they call me Ro. I'm your girl. <laughs> uh, and, yes, me and Grace met uh, last year. Yeah. And, oh, it's, oh all, it's already been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah. Happy one-year anniversary. <laughs> Stop, I'll cry. I literally cry. So, Ro, tell us a little bit more, like, about yourself. Like, what are you interested in? What are your dreams? So, um, so I am a senior at Jacksonville State, finally. Uh, we are here. We made it. And I nobody but, but the grace of God that has brought me here. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I went to Gaston State first and um, – Got my two-year degree, so I got my associate's degree. And now I'm working on my bachelor's, and I'm majoring in communications with the concentration of broadcasting and minoring in sports management. So I'm interested in the whole broadcasting field, and I'm into, uh, like, the whole ESPN. Yes, I want to be on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Andrews, Malika Andrews, like if you are listening to, yeah, I, I love y'all so much. <laughs> if, if Aaron Andrews, if you're listening, do you want us like share your salary with me or yes. something? I am begging. Oh um, but yeah, um, that's what I want to do. I want to work with people um, and not just like have that platform, but but use that platform into like helping people. You know, I'm a big advocate for mental health. And helping people and stuff. And so, like, I mean, if I can do stuff besides the whole broadcasting thing, you know, I want to use that as a platform to do even more bigger things, like giving back to my community, um, talking to younger people. I really love the whole young people aspect. And, like, I've, I've always seen myself, like, being a speaker and, like, oh, speaking 100%. to people. And so, and, like, encouraging people and stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah, I discovered that I have that, so. <laughs> no, you you 100% do. Like, it's crazy. And, like, hearing Ro kind of talk about what we're going to talk about kind of really shows the heart of why we need people like her. 
and the reason why we constantly are searching for light and we get this light from people like her so I'm so (laughs) I'm so excited to like really let her pick your brain a little bit and to really show the experiences that she's had and the feelings that she has I'm privileged like I've never in my life experienced racism and that's pretty pathetic that there's somebody else that is and the fact that we're not having equal experiences. Um, I'm white and I'm learning every day about this. Like the only thing that I know how to do is really like stand up for others because there is a thing as white privilege. And if you don't think so, read a history book or better yet, just look around you. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. I don't want to like spend too much on my time. So, so I'm going to like ask just some basic questions um that have a lot of a deeper experience so first of all I do want to start this is this whole thing is about like social media and Black Lives Matter and like how social media has positives with it and has like launched but it's also revealed that there is so many people against it and there's so many hateful people um and it's all over the news feed and it's all over the comment section there's so much just lack of education so Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about the things that you have seen either on Facebook or Instagram, um, both positive and negative from people that you know um, surfacing around Black Lives Matter. So, Okay. Um, I'm going to start with the positive because that's what I do. Um, I always look and try to look in the positive yeah. of things. So, okay, to start with this whole journey with the whole Black Lives Matter movement through my personal experience – like, I was kind of whitewashed in a way. And so when you say that you're learning as well, like, I'm learning, you know, every single day because we, as black people, has been uneducated as well. Now, I'm so glad that, you know, people that had the privilege of being educated the right way. You yeah. know, you know what high school I went to. You know the school system that yeah. I went through. And so we wasn't really taught. And so, uh, like... Yeah, I used to hate when we celebrated Black History Month oh, yeah. because it was the same thing every year. And yeah. one one year, ninth grade, I was just mad. And then one of my teachers was like, if you just want to leave or whatever and, like, sit outside in the hallway, like, you can. Because all we talked about was, like, okay, Martin Luther King is important. Maya Angelou is important. But, and, and Malcolm X all three of them, you know, we talked about different poets and Emmett Till and all that kind of stuff. But what about like different artists, yeah. you know, like, you, you know, and I'm, and I made that my own conscious decision to follow different people on Instagram, like, yeah. you know, art pieces that I share on my yeah. stories and stuff, you know, and, and I hate that the thing about it is, is that Black Lives Matter movement is more like a hashtag. My second question is going to be about, like, the whole trend thing. So, the positives and negatives of, like, the social media side, is it, like, is it good to see that people are raising awareness? But do you have this weird thing where you're, like, do you, is this even going to last? Like, are they going to prove it, that they actually care? My fear is that it's going to go away. Yeah. Because, yes, there's so many people that are being aware of the situation 
but this has been here for hundreds of years. Oh, yeah. And so now social media is here on and popping, basically, because, like, you know, in 2016, we were still growing, like, 2015, yeah. like, around there, like, we were growing as a social media, but now 2020, it, it advanced. Yeah. And so, like, with TikTok and Facebook and, and, like, political stuff is being involved with Facebook now. Yeah. And it's just, like, people getting more of a view of yeah. Black Lives Matter. And so, like, the positives I would see is that people are seeing it as more of an awareness and yeah. being more, I hate to say sympathetic, sympathetic, because, I mean, yes, we, we do need to be sympathetic, but don't take black people for granted and yeah. put them on the pedestal as yeah. a sympathetic thing because yeah. we're strong black people oh, and we're, and we're strong yeah. black women. And like, and I'm so glad that we're seeing black women in a different light as well. Yeah. And like different celebrities like Zendaya, um, uh, I can't think of another one, but like Zendaya like and like, Zendaya. yeah, but like different black women are coming to the forefront yeah. and like, you know, don't treat us as like a victim here. Yeah. That's like the one thing that we don't want to be treated as because it doesn't need to happen to anybody. Yeah. I think the positive for the whole social media thing is that, yes, we get more aware of it. Even sports is getting aware of it. Yeah. Like, you know, LeBron James, you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter yeah. on the basketball court and, like, they changing their jerseys and stuff. But my main fear is that it's just going to be treated just like a hashtag. Yeah. And that is, like... And that's, like, one thing that I've noticed is that it was, like, a, it was a trend. I don't like trends. I don't like trends in, like, anything that's serious. Especially, like, I was seeing on TikTok, like, People are getting all of these views and all these likes and followers for, like, doing these twist-like transitions that was, like, supposed to be, like, if you're still – there's if you're still here or whatever, or, like, since all the, like, other people have stopped scrolling, like, they talk about Breonna Taylor, and then, like, Breonna Taylor has become, like, a meme in a way – like, I don't know if it was on purpose, but she just – it was just, like, so trendy to be, like, right. arrest the murderers of – Brianna Taylor, and that was in people's selfies on Instagram. I'm like, that is not how that works. And, like, having the petition in their bios, like, I had the petition in my bio, but, like, I genuinely am like, those people are literal trash. Like, arrest them. That was murder. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's these other people that don't even know. They don't know the names of the cops. They don't know the city. They don't know the situation. They just know her name. And I'm like, that's cool that you know her name, but, like, she's a woman and she was murdered and she was a black woman. So like there's a recontinuing cycle. The biggest thing too, that I also noticed was like, um, as far as like trend goes, hold on, it'll come back to me. I'm trying. As far as like a trend or this isn't even a trend, like take the fact that people are aware of black lives matter and they're be taking it quote unquote serious on like Facebook and stuff, and they're getting in all these arguments or whatever. White people are not the hero. Like people think that because you are aware or you're quote unquote woke, white people aren't the hero here. Like you can be aware, but you're actually the villain because it's taken you this long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I I get that because like. <sighs> We had one of my friends, and I'm not gonna say it, but like it's just yeah. Um, Let's call her. 
Monica. Monica. Okay, good. There's this girl named Monica. And, like, I would, like, when the whole Black Lives Matter happened, I had a lot, well, a couple of my friend, white friends apologizing. Like, you know, like, one of our, one of our good friends was like, you know, um, if I, you know, if I, I don't want to share this on Twitter, if it will offend you or anything like that. And she let me look at the Twitter feed that she was going to, you know, retweet. And I was like, I mean, you don't have to apologize to me. Like, I mean, it's just, if you feel what's in your heart and you know right from wrong, that's what people need to realize. Yeah. It's basically common sense. If you know right and wrong, and I feel sorry for people that are so ignorant between right and wrong. Yeah. And if you see something, be seeing somebody being treated than you, then what are you going to teach your kids? What are you teaching your kids? Yeah. Like, okay, if this white kid goes over here and plays in the sandbox and this other, and they, he has a toy and another, and a black kid wants to play with this toy, but he's like, no, like, you know, you can't have the toy because you're black or whatever. And like something, you know, and it's just like, it, like you got to put yourself in that child's perspective because we, we was talking about this, like we and my grandparents, um, children don't learn, like, um, they don't have racism, yeah, they're you know, taught. they're, they're taught. And so like, as we're in this 20, you know, 2020 year and kids are being so aware of social media and like, you know, we can't really control it anymore. Yeah. It's there we need to be responsible for our future kids yeah. and, and, and being aware because, you know, I wasn't aware when I was in school because yeah. like, I mean, I'll get to my whole life story later, but like, <laughs> it's just, I mean, I had to wake up and realize, oh my God, this is actually happening. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's, it's a really heartbreaking situation because, you know, like when, one of our good friends was going through like the whole coronavirus situation and she's Asian. And uh, one of my classmates were being ignorant and saying that it was the Asian disease oh and God. it was like the Chinese di- disease. And I was like, you are such an idiot. And one of my classmates, and we were best friends and he's a white guy. And so when I just thought, you know, as a Christian man, you wouldn't be acting this way yeah. and said it came from China and like we went off on him. And so he came again when I said black dreams matter, black lives matter and stuff like that. And I shared it on Facebook and he, and he came back and he said, all lives matter, all dreams matter. And I was like, of oh. course you idiot. But like, of course all lives matter, but like you're not really seeing the root of the issue here. Yeah. And so I just deleted his comment. I said, I'm not going to feed into it. I'm not going to feed into your commentary. I'm just going to delete it. And he hasn't commented on anything since I've been reposting stuff. But it's just what I've learned through this experience. You really know who your allies are. And you really know who your friends are when there comes to these social issues. Because the people that I thought that was going to share and going to speak their opinions like you – like you and all of our other friends, I appreciate y'all so much. Like I was crying because y'all really want to be aware of the situation yeah. and y'all really want to help people and like be those good allies and good friends, you know, the people that are of color yeah. and like stand up for us. And so like we haven't had that in a long time. Yeah. 
And so for the fact that, like, people, that's the positive of it. People, and I hate that kids do this, they they argue with their parents and they saying that this is wrong. And so, and, and like, they're trying to form an opinion for themselves and realize, hey, this is not right. And so, I mean, it's different in my household, obviously, but it's just, like, I'm willing to stand up for this generation and be more well-educated because I didn't get that education. And my mom didn't have that education. She don't, she, she didn't even know who Harriet Tubman was until I told her. She did not know about the Underground Railroad, nothing like that. Nothing. I had to tell her. And so it's just like when she was in school, they didn't teach about that stuff. Again, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, that was it. And so, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm just willing to stand up and be more well-educated and not be in that whitewash facility anymore within my mind because, yes, I believe in unity. I believe that all lives matter, of course, but at the same time, we have to make sure that everybody is okay. Everything you're saying is so true. And, like, you know us. Like, my family and, like, some of our other friends' families, like, getting into it. And us having to constantly explain that when you say all lives matter, black lives matter, like, needs to be a part of that. And if you can prove that all lives matter, then say black lives matter and then go further and then prove it. When people say all lives matter, but when you bring up Black Lives Matter, nobody can't say it. And I'm like, that is the answer. So you do understand that Black people are going through stuff, right? And I know people are not this stupid. Yeah. Well, maybe they are. (laughs) Because honestly, at this point, it's proven to me that how many people that, like, I interacted with in, like, high school or, like, even now in college, I'm just like, I don't want to be a part of anything you stand with because you were supporting people and you aren't, and you're also supporting people by being silent and you're taking the side of the oppressor by being silent or being neutral or being so just passive. Like, I can't deal with that. Like, I don't want you in my life or around my friends. I don't want to associate with you because associating with you hurts my friends. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. And I've noticed that so many people are so stupid. And like with all lives matter, like the main thing is, is like all lives can't matter really. Like what you're saying has no depth or no value until you say black lives matter too. And then prove it. The fact you can't share on your Facebook feed yeah, yeah, the fact you can't even say that mm-hmm. or the fact that you can you can be honest. You can be honest and be like, I have never experienced racism before. I cannot imagine like what's going on. Please help me like help you. I don't know what to say, but like I know something's wrong. Help me pinpoint that. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that because like, I mean, you and all of our friends, like, uh, you know, they like, like they came to me. And was like, I I don't understand. I don't experience it. Like, yeah. I haven't experienced this. But the thing about it is what was crazy, I didn't know that I experienced racism until I, like, was thinking about yeah. it. And I was like, 
this actually happened to me. Yeah. And I was like, what? And so, it, like, when I figured it out, like, with my, like, with my family members and with, like, with being in school, teachers, I mean, I told you a bunch of stories about oh, that. Yeah. And so, when you realize that it actually happened to you and, like, around you and don't really say anything about it because when you are that naive, you just let everything slide. Yeah. Because I was the type of person, and I'm kind of still that person, like, I don't like confrontation specifically, but I'm going to say something. Yeah. I'm going to say something. Because, like, I've learned to speak my mind decently and in order. I don't have to, like, yell and scream in your face to make a point. But you're going to he- hear what I have to say. Yeah. Because, like, when I was younger, as a kid, you know, uh, black women keep coming in my mind, but, like, I'll get to that later. When I was a kid, like, I was called Oreo, um, because I, I, roll my eyes yeah, I was, but it was by my family members, because, like, I mean, I didn't talk, like, I don't talk like them, Yeah, I don't talk like them, I don't, I just... I don't know. I'm a different breed. And so anyway, it's like, (laughs) I'm really differently. Like I don't talk like them. And like one of like my family members told me like literally two weeks ago, like a few weeks ago that I needed to hang out with more black girls. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, because, you know, you just need, and I, and I get what she was saying, but like at the same time, I was like, I don't care what color they are as long as they're my good friends. Exactly. But I do want to associate myself and be more aware, like with like with like with black people, yeah. because as a black person, y'all gotta understand. I went to almost like all white school. Yeah, like I went to a school where it was like a good amount of black people, but it wasn't enough yeah. because you would have like the white kids act like they're black. Because I remember when he was in ninth grade, and this white guy said the N word. And as black people, we didn't know what the we didn't know what to say, and so uh, like it was just like what do you do? Yeah, and I was like, what do you do in this situation? <laughs> like because because like he hung out with all black boys and stuff, yeah. and so like you know what they do when you hang out, you think you're like them. And they're also and in high school, so they're like super. Immature. It's like Kim Kardashian syndrome. Oh. We'll talk about that later. Um, and so <laughs> like it's just it's just like. When when that happened, when that happened, it was just like, what do we say? Because, like, with this one of the girls were like, um, you know, you're my N-word and stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. And I just brushed it off. Yeah. But the older I got, I was like, oh, that was wrong. That was wrong. I shouldn't have not allowed them to say that. Yeah. Because, and then there's another situation where I got made up for wearing curly hair. And I got made fun of wearing, like, wearing my curly hair, and I'm, like, and I didn't know what to put in my hair. And so I wore my hair straight, like a white girl, for four years straight. I wore weaves and everything else. And once, throughout this whole Black Lives Matter movement, I was ashamed because I didn't know how to properly accept my blackness. Yeah. And I, like, felt so bad to, like, to my people and to everything because, like, I just didn't see it. Like, I knew that racism exists, but we were taught in school, oh, it just happened 60 years ago. It's not here now. No. And that's what we were taught. 
because we were because we were taught in school what happened in Mateel. Oh, this won't happen now. Things changed, and like we were taught that. And one of the things that I learned when I was at Gaston State, and I told you this story, when that man told me that the Constitution was never made for black people, I said, "What well, those people across?" Because uh, the school that I went to. Uh, was across the street, literally. Yeah. I said, well, the people across the street lied to me. I was like, well, what's the purpose of, like, saying the national anthem if the Constitution was never made for black people? They literally made the Constitution to get Abraham Lincoln off his, like, off their backs. Like, literally. And so when I was taught that, it's just, like, a whole thing. And I'm sorry, I'm, like... No, you're good. She said... <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> like... I was just so, like, I was so ashamed that I didn't know how to accept my blackness. So now I'm, like, going through Instagram and following different pages and, like, different uh, support groups and stuff, like, in Atlanta and, and you know, different things around the area and, and just trying to be more well-educated and stuff because, like, I know from a woman's perspective, but if you brought brung in a man right now, oh, my God, their story would be horrible because oh, yeah. you can just imagine. Because as a black woman, we're strong black. Like, black, I I applaud black women. I applaud my black sisters because I love being black. I love being black. I love embracing the culture. I love that we can just get together and, like, have these barbecues and have these memes that you see on TikTok and make it ch- yeah. like make make fun of ourselves. Um, yes, back to you no. invited to the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I like I love like through this whole experience for a positive for me. I learned to accept my blackness and who I am because as a child I thought I had to be oh this tall skinny white girl that wore long hair. And straight hair. And so that's why I straightened my hair. And and I was like, I, I just wanted a boy to like me. And not really accepting the fact that, honey, you got natural curly hair. God bless you with straight hair. But that's not what your real hair is. And so that's when I started wearing my hair curly in college. And like, you know, and I love my curly hair. I used so to, I, I used to hate my curly hair. And it's just, I'm proud of myself that has went through so many adversities when it comes to being a black girl, a black woman, and accepting that, yes, I have curves. Yes, like like I have curly hair and, you know, but I'm not a white woman. I'm a black woman. I'm a strong black woman. And so it's just like, and black, and like, and black women they're so independent. Like they figure out ways like what to do. And so, so like, I'm like, whatever we being thrown at us, especially black mothers. I love black mothers. My mom is one of the strongest women that I've ever met in my entire life. And so it's just like, like, and I'm not saying all women are not strong. It's just something about a black woman. It's amazing. And so like, so I embrace that. And so knowing that, yes, I am a woman and yes, I have to live in this crazy world. But as you said, like, I'm here to be that next generation 
to lead other kids and other young uh, kids because I've been through there. You know, ki- like kids are mean these days. And so, like, I mean, if they call you Oreo, if they call you anything differently, know that God made you the way that you're supposed to be. Yeah. And, like, you don't have to bleach your skin to be, like, a white woman or, like, or a lighter version of a black woman. And we're, mm, colorism just gets me. But it's still an issue. But it's just, there's so many things that we have to change when it comes to learning how, and, and a lot of people don't like that we're embracing ourselves through art, through entertainment. Yeah. Like, black women now are getting so much recognition now. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, we still got a long ways to go because Lupita Nyong'o should have been nominated for an Oscar. Period. She should have been. But, like, in the entertainment industry and so many like industries that we're doing, even broadcasting, even sports broadcasting. You know, there's just now black women that's able to wear their natural curly hair. Yeah. And I mean, it's so many things that we have to learn and grow from, but I'm here for it. Yeah. And I just don't want it to go away and lose its progress yeah. because we have progressed so much. We don't need to lose that yeah. because a lot of people don't like that everything is in the light now. Like people been caught. Yeah. Like, and so now we know that there's racist people out here because I've experienced it mm-hmm. and I never thought that I would in my own hometown, but I knew that there was racism there, but I never thought that I would be the one to experience it yeah. because I'm like, everybody knows me, you know, I don't, but people don't care who you are. You can know everybody, but if you that certain type of color, it doesn't like, it doesn't matter. And so now I, I just, like, love being around, you know, people that are willing to change. Yeah. And I get it with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, with the whole wreckage and stuff, you know, with local businesses and stuff. And when people ask me that, I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I understood their pain. Oh, 100%. Because you can't tell a black person or anybody, period, how to express themselves. Yeah. Because isn't that the First Amendment to, like, the Constitution? Yeah, it's called isn't free that a, speech. Yeah, free speech. Yeah. Isn't that one of the amendments? And so, like, and people get mad. And, like, I didn't agree with the local businesses part yeah. because my grandma owns a local business. And I put myself in the people's shoes. Like, what if that was my grandma's car wash? What if that was my papa's chicken house or something like that? But at the same time, I understood their pain because they were angry and they were upset. But these crazy people hire crazy white people to wreckage for money. Oh, 100%. And I was like, you're not paying attention to the real thing here. And I wasn't even surprised when that happened. So now it's just through my journey of accepting my blackness and knowing that this is real because I want to apologize to my fellow black people. That, yeah, I'm a victim of whitewash, and I'm still learning till this day how to accept myself and love myself as a black, strong woman and don't give a crap what anybody says because I am here. And like you said, like, I'm glad that y'all see me as a light, and that's like, you know, I want to be that. I want to be that. And I know that God put me in this earth to be that. 
And so I want to do the best that I can to let little black girls know that they are enough because there are a lot of girls that are looking up to like different people for help. And I was one of those girls that needed help and didn't know it at the time. And so it's just like we got like that's why I'm a big advocate for mental health because like kids go through mental health and we don't even know it especially yeah. black kids yeah. seeing their seeing their dads being killed right in front of them yeah. seeing their moms like being arrested and 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 Not just being harassed for no, for for no reason yeah. and these kids going to have to go through that yeah. like George Floyd's daughter like She don't, she's, she lost her dad. And I just, like, that's why I have a big heart when it comes to kids, black kids as well, because they think that when they can make it out, they have to be a football player or basketball player, something in sports. And when we were growing up as kids, some black kids thought that that was the only way for them to get out. And that is not true. No. And so it's just, you can, and, and like, you can be a doctor, you can be a, like a lawyer or whatever you want to be, and just don't let people take away that shine away from you. And so, like, my dream and my goal is that, you know, I live in a small town in Piedmont, and I'm going to get out of here. And so, and I want to be that representation of other people that they can do it as well. And so, and I know that I'm going all the way around the world and stuff. I'm just going by the top of my head. But it's just the experience that I face, like, in school, especially when I was in eighth grade, and I told you this story. One of my eighth grade teachers, it was Black History Month, and this is why I hated it. We were talking about slavery, and she said that since I was light-skinned, I was going to be inside having white men's babies. And at the time, we were like, what do you even say to that? And and my cousin that was behind me, he was dark-skinned, saying that since you're dark-skinned, you're going to be outside. Who would say that to a child? And I get as a teacher's perspective, it was supposed to be a teaching moment, and it was. But at the same time, you don't say that to a black child. Especially, like... Especially, like, in the setting of, like, pin... Like, picking kids out. Mm -hmm. Like, you make it so obvious that they're different. You know, you make it so obvious that you have some weird view with it, whether you deny it or not you decided to pick kids out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't target kids. First of all, you don't target anybody. Exactly. Like, that's very disrespectful, regardless of age. But especially a kid, and you call that a learning moment? Girl, turn it around. Yeah, like, like, you need to have a learning moment. She was aware moment. that she was doing that. She- and, that's, and that's why I hated Black History Month at my school. Yeah. Because I was like, what is the point? Because we're learning the same things. And I've learned so much more throughout this Black Lives Matter experience than all my years of school. Oh, 
And I was like, what? Like, this happened? This, who we need, and we need to give credit to all black people that needs the recognition that they need. Because I, there's so many things that has been invented that we haven't give black people credit for. Like, Beethoven was actually black, and I just found that out. And I was like, we, we this whole time we thought this man was white. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what? And so it's just, and like I said before, this is a learning experience for me, too. Like, I'm still learning, and, and like, you know, again... With whole with like with with like with black women, I I know because as a black woman, I could talk more about it because I'm not a man. I don't know their experiences, but I do. But I do know one of my friends, um, one of our friends. You know, she uh she watched that movie, The Hate That You Give, yeah. and she asked me. She said, "I want to ask you this question, but like I don't like you know I don't want to offend you or any or yeah. anything, but I really want to know." She said, do parents really teach black kids how to handle police? And I said, yeah, every day. And she said, what did your parents teach you? She said, my mom told me if I ever get pulled over, don't roll your window down all the way because that is the easiest way for, you, uh, for them to get you. Have your phone on, call me as fast as you can, and keep me on speakerphone. For black guys, it's different. Put your hand on the steering wheel. Put your wallet and everything in the front so they can see everything. So if they try to say something, you know, um, make sure that you don't have any weapons or anything like that. Just keep your hand still and don't roll your window down all the way. My own uncle told me that, and he was a police officer, and he told me that. And so it's just, yeah, it's out there, and it's real. And, And I don't know why. When I was a kid, my aunt got pulled over by the police, and I just started crying out of nowhere, and I was just scared, and he looked in the window, he said, oh, honey, there's nowhere, there's, there's nothing to be scared about, I know your uncle, I know your uncle, and I was just crying, I was scared to death, she didn't get a ticket, but it was because, he was like, I'm just gonna let her go, you just take her home, <laughs> and so, it's just, uh, there are, okay, since we get to that conversation, um, there are good cops out there. I want to make that clear because the only reason why I know good cops are out there is because my uncle was one of them. That is the only representation that I have because he was fair. He was a cop for 30-something years, 30-something years. He never had a reason to shoot anybody. And we had this conversation before, too. And... Yeah. He told me that cops now, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna twist some toes here. Cops now just want to learn how to shoot people. They just want to, they just want to shoot people to see is to see what it's like. That's exactly what came out of his mouth. They don't have proper training now, and if they do have training, they are treated like they're going to the Vietnam War. My Paul said that to me, and so yeah, for all the people over there that's listening and all for the cops and stuff. Yes, there are good cops out there. But at the same time, they don't have proper training. Oh, 100%. And they just want to know how to shoot people. Oh, like the biggest thing too, and like everybody's like, A-cab. And I'm like, yeah, actually. <laughs> um, 
a cab. But also, yeah, there are good people with good intentions, right? right? Like your uncle. We know this. He's a good cop. He is he falls under the title or like the quote unquote title of good cop. But it's the fact that you have quote unquote good cops and great people with great hearts that work for a malicious and broken and evil system. The police system literally exists to catch slaves. And I just learned that. Yeah. I just learned that. Like how? Yeah. I literally just learned that. And you got to watch this movie when we have movie night, Queen and Slim. And it's amazing. And, and I just learned that because they went behind the scenes. I love Dan Kaluuya. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) He's a fine chocolate man. Oh, my God. So uh, so he's a fine man, and I love him. Okay, but uh, he was in this great movie, Queen and Slim, um, and it was about uh, these two people go on a date, yeah. and uh, they t- the guy takes a girl home, and the cop pulls him over and, you know, do all this ne- unnecessary procedures, really, and he accidentally shoots him. And kills them, and they go on the run. And so, in the behind, it's a really good movie. It really is. And so, um, on the behind the scenes, uh, they were talking about uh, how they learned that the police was really designed to catch slaves, yeah. not people, but slaves. And so, it's so ironic that people, that message is still here today. We're not slaves, we're not owned by anybody. But when they see somebody with a hood on, literally walking down the street with some sweet tea and some Skittles, oh, he's a bad guy, shoot him. Going to a store to literally, like, a $20 check and think it's bounce, but it's a mistake, but you're going to shoot him anyway over a $20 check. Okay. You're going to go to a wrong house. You found the wrong person. But you're still gonna shoot her. Yeah. Really. And it like that that is when it proves like what you just said. That is when it proves that that urge, that trigger happy urge overpowers yes. any form of thought, any form of training, any form of human decency. It overpowers, mm. and that proves that there are evil people with evil intentions. This system needs to be reformed from the ground up. Like, there needs to be intense, like, psychological, like, this is how you handle yes, this situation. if you have anxiety, if you have anything that would get you triggered yeah. to shoot somebody, you don't need to be a cop. Oh, yeah. You don't need to be in a form of leadership, period. That's like me going outside being a cop. I have anxiety. If you come behind me, I'm shooting you. (laughs) And I don't even know who you are. But also, but also, why are you anxious about a guy with a $20 check? Why are you anxious? And it's all you about are racist. It's all yeah. about the stereotype. If they're wearing baggy pants and they look suspicious. Oh, I hate when cops say they look suspicious. Like, like what is suspicious What's suspicious? What is like, suspicious to you? Like, who is it? Like, who's suspicious? Like, I've been like, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. 
and like it's it's just to the point like like I'm just applauding because like this generation is not taking crap no more. Oh, 100%. And I'm and I'm all here for it. Oh, same. And I'm glad to join the movement. I, and so I, I love it. Yeah, I love it because people are not afraid to speak their minds anymore. Yeah. And and it's over yeah. because and, and like the older generation, they want to get mad, they want to get upset and stuff like that. Oh, honey, they had this whole protest, you know, you know where we're from. And um, and my mom's classmates showed their tails like nothing else. And I said, Mom, look at your classmates. And she was shocked her own self. And, like, this whole thing about the whole Angel Mama thing, about the, the butt, like, the, um, what's she say? The syrup, <laughs> like, the syrup lady. <laughs> the butter and, lady. And, and the, the butter <laughs> lady. Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they didn't know about they didn't know about her either. Yeah, blackface. Yeah. I had explained to my mom what blackface was. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of blackface. So, also when we're talking about like a generation that is raised in like social media and like we are, none of us watch TV. We may watch Netflix and Hulu from like time to time. We're a YouTube generation, right? Right. We have let creators and companies get away with so much shane dawson. shane dawson shane dawson jeffree star the it's apologies the i know and also like while we're talking about social media like let's take it away from facebook let's talk about blatant racism and other platforms for example i am a big emma chamberlain fan like everybody loves emma chamberlain everybody loves quirky relatable vlog content easy to watch so Back in the day, it was like 2018, going into like 2019. I think it was the summer of 2018. Emma was really big and her friends at the time, um, Hannah Maloche and um, Ellie Thuman, they were all like with this company called Dope. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? So like- That's when the light flickered for me. Yeah. I heard about that. So yeah, like the whole thing with these- like trips so if you guys don't know dote is a clothing company like a fashion like trendy almost social media layout um app where people can view people's lookbooks and like purchase items and they are extremely and blatantly racist so they do this thing where they get these beautiful black influencers and use them as decoration and they use them they take two in a like like a group of like 18 plus skinny white girls with no personality maybe a few like emma here and there have some personality no plus size for that too and all of these poor black creators they don't get their time to shine there is there was a girl named eris that i love there's another girl that was with doe i can't remember her name but she came out and told her whole story they you know what I'm talking, about. talking about. Yeah. yeah. She, so for everybody that doesn't know, this girl, I don't know her name. I, if I find out, I can put it in the description and then you guys can read up more. But this girl, she came out with her story on YouTube. Um, so she talked about doing photo shoots in, for example, Fiji. So they did this huge trip in Fiji. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Ro. That one. I know. That one made me mad. So these. These girls go on these beautiful, lavish trips to these exotic locations. Everything's paid for. All they do, basically, is in return, 
to what Dope does for them. They take photos and they promote the app like crazy. So all these girls get these beautiful photo shoots done and Dope has these black girls there. The black girls barely get any time with these photographers. And when they do, it scraps. And when they do, they are sometimes paired up with bigger creators. So they're overshadowed white creators, not even bigger, just white creators. So there's over like they're overshadowed by these freaking white creators when they're in group photos, they're in the back. All right. And then they, they've said that like, they don't, get posted on dope their photos that they have taken they don't get posted and another thing uh i think her name was is daniela perkins it may be and it's and it's another girl but she's she's in my head and i can see her face but i don't remember her name um but they would be separated too oh the coachella yes the coachella Coachella trip trip. oh my god i was so mad when delegate uh when um uh, Daniela Perkins described it like it was like white girls over here and the other girls are like on the other side of the room yeah. and I was just like and it was all separated throughout the whole trip yeah. and so they would have to bring their own photographers and like to take pictures it's to Daniela even, Perkins she's the one that talked about yes it's da- yeah it's Daniela Perkins and so I love her she's gorgeous but like again with white girls and black girls like I could talk about it all day because, like, people put that light now and understand, okay, I get it. Kim Kardashian and them want to be black so bad, but you will not be black. Period. Okay, period. I don't care how many mixed kids that you have, you will not be black. And so when they want to change what box braids were originally called and say boxer braids, no, ma'am. Girl, shut up. No, 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 ma'am. They're box braids, yeah. and they were literally made from, uh, um, it started in Africa, and they braided up their hair, I believe, to hide certain things, and so for them not to get caught, I, I forgot what it was originally for, but I know that they wrap their hair and, like, yeah. braid their hair, and that's when box braids and, and braids, you know, culture started being, um, like, a trend. Yeah. And so, I mean, stop stealing our content. It's not yours. Like, everything that we've made as a whole, as a black community, people want to, didn't give credit for. And I saw this TikTok, and this girl was crying, and she said, what did, and it was just a simple question, she said, what did black people ever do to you? Honestly. She said, what, what did we do to hate, like, for y'all to hate us this much? And I don't know if it's because of jealousy. I don't know if it's because of, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I'm going to take it to the Bible like I always do because this is all for the Christian people out there that think that you are doing such Jesus things and you're not. You were once a foreigner in Egypt, so don't don't bring other people down because you were once a foreigner in Egypt, and don't do that, and I'm going to leave it at there. If you know the scripture, you know what I'm talking about. Because because my friends, 
their parents, they're like, this is not the Christian way. This is a political thing. And I'm like, first of all, this isn't a political statement. This is a movement. There's a difference between a movement and it's a, a difference between a political statement. If you want to jump over to the Trump train, go over there. But if you want to go to the people that has common sense and join the movement and not being hated and embracing people what they are and who they are as black people and not seeing them as scary monsters from the 19th centuries, stop. Like, stop. And for all my Christian people out there, you want to say that, oh, Jesus loves all his people, but you all want to say white lives matter. Like, you won't, like they won't say it. They, they won't say it. it. They won't say it at all. But yeah. they want to bring Jesus into it. And I'm like, do y'all read y'all Bible? Do y'all know that Jesus is literally not white? Oh, they hate it. And I, I'm like, I, I want to know for the people that really read their Bible out there, quote, unquote, I'm being sarcastic. Jesus is not white. I hate to tell y'all this, but he had wool hair. That means it's not white. Yep. Bronze. He's probably like brown skin. So wait till they hear the news. Wait till wait till we get to heaven and they're gonna be like, oh, we thought you were different. Oh, and that's another <laughs> thing too. Like People love to put Jesus in a box. I'm not going to get super religious on here because, like. Oh, no. I mean, even though. No, you're good. Like, this is a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. He, they just love to paint even their savior as white. It's like they, they want to ignore literally every single detail, anything, anything that makes them uncomfortable or makes them have to change their mind about something or rethink about something. They can't do it. They can't do it at all. And they, want to and they don't understand that Jesus doesn't work by comfortable. Oh, no. He works by Oh, no. To show and, the real light of what it is. And you know what they would say when they meet Jesus and realize he's dark-skinned? They could be like, I don't see color. I don't see color. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. And I'm just like. Why don't you see me for who I am? You know, I like. I don't see color. And I'm like. You don't. You see the color of the rainbow every day, but as a person, you don't see no color, really. You really like to acknowledge when people are white. And there's beautiful shades of black people. We have the, the darkest, darkest of dark is like. Y'all, oh my God. Dark skinned men. <laughs> Element wrote, I am here for it. Like, I, I have no perspective. If you're black, you're black or whatever. I don't have no perspective. You know, no. if you're fine, you're fine. But. <laughs> Me well, <as> <laughs> if you're fine, you're fine. Like, I mean, if you're fine, you're fine. You know, I don't, I don't have no perspective. But yeah. a chocolate, beautiful man. Yeah. Mm, it's just, it's just, that's my type. That's my type. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want to get super religious. But, like, as you know, I am a Christian. And yeah. I want to, you know. You know, for the, the people that are listening Girl, that are perhaps, say yeah, yeah, um, but, and I know people always want to say, like, Jesus is the answer, and he is, but we have to, we have to listen to him, and we have to do what he says, and don't make the scriptures quotable for your lifestyle only, period. And that's just not with Black Lives Matter. That's with everything. Oh, yeah. That's period, poo. And so, I mean, it's just, 
I mean, you can't put anything in a box anymore. Not not yeah. Jesus, not the way of life, not the way the world works. Because God doesn't want us to be put in a box. He wants us to be different. That's the whole reason why we got different shades of people anyway. Yeah. And so it's just me. I try to look the good things in life. I really do. And I hope this whole movement doesn't go to waste, and, I, and I'm a firm believer that it's not, because no. I believe that the it was, like, kicked to the curb now. Like, I mean, the trash can is being kicked over, and all the stuff is being spilled out, all the trash that we have been believing for years. And me as a black woman, like I said, it's like all the trash that I've been believing in my head and not really taking up for people like I should have, because I was so selfish. If it didn't involve with me and my family, I looked away. I didn't say anything. Yeah. But you're just as bad if you don't say anything. Yeah. You're just as bad. So that's why I make it a point to share things on Instagram and do my own protesting through social media. I saw if, if people like you pay attention as well, you know, I social media protest. Yeah. I do it like sneaky. I'm like. Mm, you I'm share this. There's subtle stuff. On yeah, your there's story. subtle stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, like you know, I shared about give all black creators their credit. Yeah. Because they they need it, and so it's just it's like creators with TikTok, they they didn't get credit for anything till people made a big deal about it. Oh, renegade. Yes. And I'm like, and I'm like, a black girl made this up. And then you include her, and you get all of her followers still. That's what like, I would get. TikTok is a very toxic platform. Um, it is very funny. Anymore. There are parts of TikTok where I'm seeing these creators think it's funny to use, like, Black Lives Matter as a joke. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, there's all these, like, believe what you want to believe, but, like, there's all these conservatives that are, like, bashing it. And they're like, I've never seen somebody who's pretty support Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, what? Literally, what is what is wrong? There's so much disconnect. For us to be in such a connected world, there's so much disconnect. And I hate that it takes a course of years. Black Lives Matter launched in 2012. And it's like... It takes somebody to die. Yeah, it and takes... Like, how many people have to die? That's exactly... For, for people to really get that this is happening yeah. and this is not a game and like this is not for political clout because our this man that is in office right now he made it into a political clout that it should not have been yeah. and it's just you have people like Obama and different political influencers that are trying to get young people attention to vote Especially yep. black people to vote. Because I was one of those people. What's the purpose of voting? Yeah. There's no change that's going to be happening. Nobody cares about black people. And that is sad. And so I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote. Because I, I just. There needs to be something. Yeah, something in there. Because. And I'm praying for for God to send the right president. Or whatever. I saw what you put on Snapchat. Oh, it's, only because, Snapchat it's only because this conservative. Girl, yeah, literally, like, would kiss Trump's literal ass. Yeah, we suit. talk about that at, at, at my house, and I'm like, God, like, it, like it's like, true. Like, like, God, 
I know we're not supposed to question what you do sometimes. But what is this purpose? Like, what, like, like what, what, what did you, what are you doing? Thing is, like, people, and, like, it's true, like, everything happens for a reason. I will say 2020 has been the most disappointing year ever, like, for everybody. I don't think there has been a single person that hasn't been affected negatively. But also, this year has sparked so much passion and power into the younger generations to realize that we're not putting up with it anymore. You know, like, this is, in a way, it's a revival. But it's also, I mean, even even people like in churches are realizing that and people are understanding that, you know, with religion, with values, is that, you know, for me, example, like me being a Christian, I've learned you don't have to praise Jesus in a church. It can be all around you. And for black people, for the Black Lives Matter movement, they are taking ownership of who they are. And people need to stop taking that away from them and taking that right away. Because if we were, if we live in a free country, why is that being taken away from us every day? And people want to turn around and thinking that it doesn't exist because it does exist. And so like me, for example, you know, um, I was at, Dollar General, and uh, I didn't realize that this happened until, like, I sat in my car and realized that it happened to me, and I was crying. Like, we had this group message, um, and I was just crying to Grace and all of them, and, like, there was these two white men, and I was just going to go and get some toothpaste, and they were just, and I said, excuse me, and they were just looking at me like I was crazy, and they just went and moved out the way, and they just looked looking at me, and I just, like, grabbed like, you know, grab a toothpaste and I just ran. And my dad got so fired up. He was willing to come to Dollar General and find those old men that were silently harassing in a way. Yeah. And so when I realized that it happened, and one of my and one of my bosses, she's white, and God bless her, <laughs> she said, Bro, why you didn't take up for yourself? I was like, Carrie Ann, you can do that. But not me. It's different if you can do it, but if I do it, it's a different story. Because what if I did take up for myself? Then they would just have been, I mean, anything could have happened. So what really got me under, I just started crying because I was like, I'm over here just trying to get some toothpaste. And these other kids and older black people, like, Just going to a store, Trayvon Martin went to a store literally a block away from his house and just wanted to get some Skittles and some sweet tea. I went to a store just to get some toothpaste. So why does this keep happening? We can't even go to the store anymore. We can't even... We can't even take our kids to the game. Heck, kids can't even play play toy guns anymore. Black kids can't even play toy toy guns anymore. A kid got shot playing with a toy gun. 
outside his house with his friends. So I don't understand what is it going to take for all this thing, all this to stop. Because if we're supposed to live in unity, as they make America out to be, and it's not just black people, it's Asian people. Because the whole coronavirus thing, Asian people didn't get recognition like they needed to either. Because they were just oppressed like we were. Oh, yeah. And then also, while we're at it, talking about the Latino community, yes, they're put in cages. You're not allowed to enter. You're less, like, you're lesser than us. Like, you're an immigrant. Like, you didn't come here. We weren't here. So, like, to tell me that someone is of lesser value than you because of the color of their skin or where they come from or where they're coming from, that is so the word I can't say the word here, but that is beyond messed up. Yeah, it is. And like, who are you to say anything? And I want to tell people that think white people are the superior race. You're not. You literally came from black people from Africa, and black people were moved to the mountains. They didn't get no sunlight. They turned albino. And that's when white people were born. Look it up. Get your history. That is exactly how white people were made. So people who want to think that you are superior and better than people because of your status and that you check in a box that you're white and American, honey, you need to check your history and where you came from. And it ain't like we were asked to be here anyway. You literally took our people and, I mean, on my Paul Paul side, I came from white people and Indians. I'm quarter Cherokee Indian. So my great-grandmother was a full Cherokee Indian. So I don't know about, I want to learn my grandma's history, but I know my Paul Paul became, my great-granddaddy was white. We're all Indians, all of them. And y'all stole my ancestors' land. That's another story. But, like, I mean, I mean, it's just, and I want to learn more about my history. And so, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so grateful for social media in a way. Because we're learning more about who we are and stuff. And, like, you know, and I say more things about the entertainment industry because they have more responsibility as well. And for Colin Kaepernick, I'm so sorry. Because... He deserves so much. Yeah. They took, they didn't take his talent away. They took the one thing that get, made him happy yeah. and just playing football. Yep. And for all the ignorant people out there, he kneeled down because, again, the Black Lives Matter movement. And people were being killed at that time. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't do anything to disrespect the flag. And the Star Spangled Banner bashes black people, too. So he's respecting who's bashing. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, there were people in the Army that was saluting him. They was like, that's his given right. He didn't disrespect the flag. He just literally kneeled down. Yeah, like, thank you for not disrespecting. Yeah. In a way. It would be different. If you were sitting down. Yeah. It would, not a posture of respect. If he, it would be different if he said, all hail Hitler to the American flag. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I mean, that's a little, that's a little different. Yeah, or doing gang signs or whatever. Like, and the, like yeah. 
I mean, he literally just simply, and I was proud of him when he did that. Yeah. And like for Nike, I'm proud of Nike. All these companies are coming together to realize that this is an issue and doing it the right way, aware. And quit training black people that they're sensitive because yeah. we're not. We're, we're we're not fragile people. We made it through years and years of slavery. Like but, 200 years later and y'all are still breaking chains. Yes, still to this day. Oh, like that maybe to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's just it's just like we're not sensitive. People are tired of repeat especially black people repeating themselves. Yeah. When is this going to end? When is this going to change? We need change. People are, t- they're just tired. Yeah. They're tired of the bull crap. They're tired they- of like not being taken seriously. Literally, the question is, is how many people have to die? And I, and I pray that things change for people. And I believe it is because that's where faith comes from. And we just have to believe that, you know, that's why this is revival. And I'm glad that the young generation is standing up for themselves yeah. and not and, and 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 actually learning the law and not and not and not putting your trust in crooked cops that knows the law when they don't even know the law themselves. Period. And so it's just like learning your history, learning the law, and learning the uh, things that can't be taken away from you. So like when cops get mad when you repeat your rights and stuff like that. I, I, I get it. I get it. Now, for black people, like some black people, I don't like personally when they just provoke people just to be provoking. Yeah. They don't need to do that as well. Because even a, this black woman said when they were in the uh, Atlanta protest, and they was just doing things, like trashing everything. And this black woman said, this is my message for all the black people. If you are going there for the wrong reasons, take your ass home. And that is the truth. Yeah. If you're not there for the right reasons, if you just want black, white, whatever you're doing, if you are there for the wrong reasons, go home. Don't do it because they already think we're crazy. They already think that we can't be controlled. Yeah. Show these people that we're not animals. Yeah. And we're not. We've been treated like animals for years years for years and so they want to bring up Emmett Till and stuff like that this has been going on for I want to give y'all an example and I know uh, we're going to close in a minute I promise but um this is this perfect example Emmett Till this woman that blamed Emmett Till and his and her brothers and her brother and her husband I believe beat the pulp out of Emmett Till. Yeah. 15, 14 years old. Then this lady gonna wait till her deathbed said she lied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was it was she was in her deathbed. And it was on the news. It was like in 2016 when this happened. She was about she was probably like 80 something, 90 something years old when she died. And she was in her deathbed and she said it was all a lie. She made it up because she was scared and she didn't know what to do. I said, so you need to tell me that you're going to wait till you die. She only did it because she probably didn't want to go to hell and face consequences. 
but why you didn't say anything. You're going to wait till you on your deathbed to say something. Emmett Till's mother lost her baby. And I'm just getting chills just thinking about it. The pictures that they've shown of Emmett Till and his mama looking at her son all distraught. And you want to say on your deathbed that it was a lie. Like, imagine. If I was Emmett Till's mama, I would have, mm, I wouldn't know what I would do to that lady. Yeah. And that's a perfect example. That was back in the 1960s. Yeah. And that's happening right now today. Oh, yeah. So you can't tell me that history can't repeat itself because that's exactly what it's doing. And that is exactly what we are seeing today. Exactly. It, we may have technology, social media. That's the only difference. Yeah. And, like, the only, and the only thing is they're just mad that they just can't own us anymore and, like, we're not slaves anymore. Yeah. We have that right. Yeah. We, can, we can vote. Black women can vote. Women can vote. And, and like, I just, I just want, like, more, like, unity and more, just more knowledge and wisdom and understanding. It's all common sense, Grace. Oh, yeah. But people just are incapable of having common sense. And empathy. And empathy. Because they're so jealous and rage of their class, and, you know, having this certain amount of money. Oh, it didn't happen to me, so I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to ignore it. If it's not happening to my child, then I have no reason to get in it. And so when, like, older people say stuff like that or whatever or bring bring Jesus into it, they only want to do it, and it just makes people even angrier. Like. When I was at work, uh, one of the examples, uh, this lady looked at my boss, and she said, is she the help? Yeah. Oh. And this is today, you guys. I was at church camp, and this little girl looked up at me and asked me, are you the help? Now, as as a child, I didn't get mad at the child. Y'all, when she she looked at me like a sincere little girl just really asking a question, that's what was sad about it. Because she literally was just asking a question. And then she didn't come from a racist place or anything like that. I was like, who are your parents? Who are you around here on this? Because no child, five years old, they never heard of the help. No. They're five. Yeah. And when she looked up at me and said, are you the help? All my white friends. My cousin was with me at the time. We all froze. Cause like, what do you? How do we you didn't know how to respond. And I was like, I was like, no, honey. I said, I'm not the help. I said, but what do you need? <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, what do you need? And so, and we went to the pool. And this guy. He was, uh, he was black. He was, a, you know, a chocolate brown boy. He's, he's my cousin. And uh, I had this little girl. They're Vestavia Hills kids. And I was just oh, like, God. oh, God, Vestavia. Oh, and so I, I said, this explains it. Anyways, I don't know if all Vestavia is like that, but 
I was questionable. Uh, but she's she said, I want to go over there. Because she, you know, five-year-old girls, they get crushes on boys and stuff, and they oh, all yeah. be cute. And when she said, that brown boy over there, I said, Grace, I didn't know what to say. Like, what I said, say? I said, I said, honey, you don't say that. His name is Brad. Just say his name is Brad. I want to go over there to Brad. She said, that brown boy over there. Girl. Sound like an old white racist woman. <laughs> like, go yell at a customer or something. Yes. When she, and this girl was five in kindergarten. The fact she was five? Yes. I had babies. And so it's just, again, be careful what you say in front of your kids and what are you teaching them. Yeah. And so it just all boils down to be aware, be open to the conversation, learn about your history, not just your own but other people's history. I'm tired of it. Like, we don't care about George Washington anymore. I'm sorry. Hamilton was amazing. But when I found out they own old, they all own slaves, I was just like, mm, okay. Um, but learn other people's history. Embrace other cultures. Figure out who you are without your parents making you seem like you need to be this person because you're not. Because, and I'm grateful for my parents. Because, like, my mom always told me, you don't need to be like me and your dad. Be yourself. Period. And so, I mean, and I love my mama for that. And so, for black women, and I'm going to say what I have to say, and, I, and this will be the end of my commentary. Coming, coming from a small town, from almost white school, not, ha- not thinking that she was good enough, not thinking that she was smart enough or pretty enough, from a place where she is now, being strong in what she believes in, being that light to people, that doesn't know how to show their light for themselves. Giving honor where honor was due because I would not be here if it wasn't for God on my side. And that's what we need. And from coming from a place that didn't know how to embrace her blackness and finally knowing who she is as a strong black woman, I'm telling every black girl, you don't have to compare yourself to different black women to feel to be fulfilled in this life. Know who you are. Know that you are a strong black woman. Nobody can take that right away from you. Because it shouldn't. Your mental health is important. Your physical health is important. Your kids are important. And just because People say this and that, all lives matter, your lives matter too. And it doesn't matter where you come from. And as a black woman, get your money, get your credit on what you need to get credit for, and stand up for what you believe in and keep doing you and keep pushing. Because they only jealous of who you are. Because they know that it's just something about a black woman that makes that makes people so jealous and so hurt. They just want a piece of that light that black women have. And for black men, you are a strong man. Don't let the circumstances and the stereotypes make you think anything differently. Don't make people think, 
oh, your dad walk on and walk out of you, you ain't nothing, or you this or you're that. No, I'm a black man. I'm a strong black man. And don't let any man make you think anything differently. And I'm so happy to have this conversation with Grace that is open with me, and I'm open with her, and this is a good representation of what unity is. And if I can be that person to show that light to somebody that faith and miracles still exist in this world, God use me. Because that needs to be used. Because people don't believe. Grace, we live in a dark time. People don't believe that good things can still happen. Yeah. And I'm a witness to it. And if I can be that light to somebody to show them, and not just from a Christian aspect, period, that good people still exist. And I'm a living testimony, and I had to get used to that, that good people still exist. They're not using me to get clouded stuff. I just had to get used to that, that people are not using me because I'm nice. They actually want to be my friend. and. And I had to be gracious for that and thankful for that. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all of our friends that are different shades of color. And if they white, they're open. And that we are a collective of women that are strong and that are independent. And that we don't rely on anybody to give us any, like, any credit. We, we make our own stuff. Like, we make our own stuff. We, we do our own things. And I just want to say to everybody, find that group. Find those friends. Get you, get you into a, a place where you can feel safe around your friends and around your family to support you in this Black Lives Matter movement because it's real. This whole is not a political statement. We're not making a political statement. It's literally humans saying, stop killing us. Stop. It needs to end. It's not a political statement. We're not trying to elect a president over this. This was created by black women who are wanting black men to stop being killed. And it needs to stop. And so... Like I said in the beginning, I'm still learning. I know what it's like to feel less than and letting the enemy make me think anything differently. But now, I know who I am. And I want every black person to know who they are. Like I said, if I can be that light to somebody and show them they are a light too, and the way that they're supposed to be, then I've done my job in this world. So, uh, I knew I was going to cry in this episode, <laughs> but that's my soapbox. But thank you so much for bringing me here and oh my talk my peace and, and like, helping me put things in perspective that I'm still a growing human being too. 
and and I want to learn more about my history and learning the right history. And, you know, as a black woman, keep loving me for who I am and, you know, and not letting people distinguish that. Yeah. And, you know, and, I, and not just all, not just black women, but all women, you know, that they are loved as well, yeah. you know. And so, but yeah, thank you for having me. Oh and uh, and it's been amazing. Um, if we could have talked long, this would be like a four-hour episode. Oh, yeah. But, like, there's a lot that we have to say. This was just, like, very, the preview. Very, very we, we literally just hit the iceberg just a little bit, but yeah. not fully. But, yeah, thank you so much for you having so me. You're so welcome. Oh, my gosh. Here. So, everything that we said and everything that was talked about is 100% true. Um and everybody's experiences are different with this because I know not everybody is black and I know not everybody is white. I know not everybody is Latino and I know not everybody is Asian and I know not everybody is Native American or from the Middle East. Like there are so many types of people from so many different types of backgrounds. And the biggest thing that we all have in common is that we are all human. We were all created in the same image. And we're supposed to treat people like that. So Black Lives Matter is not just a trend. It is the truth. And to prove to people, everyone, that Black Lives Matter continue to grow and to learn and to be wrong and to then be right and be called out. Um, Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. It's time for you and for me and for everyone to stop being complacent in the things that we know and instead embrace growth. And this is just a way on social media. Social media is a way to help us do that and to have conversations with people that we may not really know in real life, like outside of the comment section, but it allows us in that time when we are connected with each other, when we are engaging in discussions to be able to grow and to learn and to better ourselves and then the people that come and read the same thread that our friends will and our family will. You never know who you will leave an impact on with your social media. Social media is extremely powerful. This movement is extremely powerful. I believe it's been happening for a reason. I hate the circumstances. I hate that it has to be a movement for people to treat people with kindness and to treat people equally and to treat people like they matter. Um, but I'm so thankful to have Ro here. Ro, I love you. You are such a predominant light in my life. And I, I'm so thankful, for example, and for you being honest and for you educating me and us growing in different ways, like always, like within race, racial issues and just from my end of the spectrum too, just like us collaborating and doing things with video and the things we love yeah. to do. It is so powerful to have people that allow you to grow and for you to be open and be like, I've never experienced this. What do I do help? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I be better for you? Not for me, but for you and for the other people that are like you that are going through the exact same thing you are and the things that and the exact same things that I have never been through, but I'm still in the time of and I'm seeing. So this episode has been fantastic. It's been a little bit of like a deeper episode. This episode is 
not only for this podcast, but it's also for a project for my multimedia design class. So Professor Cunningham, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening all the way through. I'm going to include all of this um, audio because Ro has a lot to say and the world needs to hear every single word of it. So yeah, I'm so thankful for this movement for opening my eyes and to so many different things. Thank you all for listening. It means a ton. I will catch you guys on the flip side. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and treat people with kindness. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.